Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland, and I am so excited to welcome you to season two. I can't believe it. If you're just joining us, we had an incredible season one ended a couple months ago, and we had a lot of guests, a lot of inspirational stories. We had some conversations with Dr. Henderson about uh, the book of Daniel and the incredible life that he lived. And in season two, we're looking forward to more of the same. If there's any difference in season two versus season one, it's that in season two, I've been a little bit more specific with our guests and asked them to share a couple tidbits with us that you can apply directly to your life. So hopefully this becomes less of a passive experience and more of an active experience where you can put some tips into practice to increase your faith and and give you reason to hope. So I'm really excited about that. But other than that, I'm just looking forward to more conversations with incredibly encouraging people and a few more conversations with Dr. Henderson about the book of Daniel as we wrap up the story of his life as well. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I'm really excited about our guest today. For those of you who have been listening to the podcast, our guest is not someone unfamiliar. It's actually a returning guest, Courtney Hurst. Uh, We were so blessed by her um, initial interview, my conversation with her, and I am really excited to reintroduce you to her, and if you're just joining us, uh, introduce you to her. She's an incredible person, has an incredible story. And she has such a heart and passion to share the love of Christ and, and to, to just share encouragement and hope. And just listening to this interview, it is overflowing. It's bubbling over. And I hope that you gather that in this interview and that you enjoy my conversation with Courtney Hurst. Just in case um, maybe our listeners didn't hear you the first time you were on, um, why don't you go ahead and reintroduce yourself a little bit, tell a little bit about your backstory. I know we spent a lot of time um, previously on that. And so if you didn't hear her story before, you can go on the website, um, faithandhoperadio.com, and you can find the episode with her and you can listen to that. But go ahead and just give us a little bit of just your backstory and what brought you to this place. And uh, we'll go from there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I am, I'm a, a model of all things. Who, who would ever think that an international model would be speaking on a spiritual podcast, but it's true. I have that background. Um, television host for um, a small television series uh, previously named Adventist Health TV, recently renamed The Spark. And um, I'm also a Lyme fighter and um, having battled chronic Lyme now for three years that we know of and being make, uh, being able to make small, meaningful baby steps forward into body, temple, mind of a loving God, becoming more like him at least uh, in my character and hopefully having the breath of life flowing through me and all I think and say and do. It's, um, it's enabled me this fight, this journey to hashtag overcome it, if you will, has lit this flame in me to become disruptively whole. What does it mean to be whole? Um, Would you be made whole? Would you have your sins forgiven and healed? Would you have your body and your flesh and your mind renewed? And and what does that mean? And, And how does it change the 
contagion of my life from spreading illness and uglies, which frankly, they're, they're a lot like disease. They're mm. very contagious. And, 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 and does the opposite ring true? Can my, vi- my, my life become a virus of wholeness, like a glitter? Mm. Uh, like you can't, you can't clean it up. It spreads easily everywhere you go. It brightens and sparkles and glimmers. And can, can I, I pass it on to somebody who can also become a carrier? Can mm-hmm. I become disruptively whole, like the savior who maybe never said anything, but oh man, he made waves. So I like, I like how you, how you call the uglies and in other people a disease, but you also call this wholeness, almost a disease where you can carry it. Yeah, and, and pass it on to other people. I like that. Um, tell us a little bit about maybe what what drives you to pass this message on to other people, to be a carrier of wholeness and, and uh, share that glitter with, with everyone you come in contact with. You know, I'm, I think I'm discovering deeper and richer answers to that question the further I journey on this. Um, at first, the answer to it, if you'd asked me this 18 months ago, two years ago, it would have been, because I'm compelled, mm-hmm. I can do no other. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like a cop out. It's a scriptural answer, so it works for mm-hmm. those who believe in the word of God. Um, you know, when you've been through things and somehow you look back and realized that you could have been like the thems, mm-hmm. you know, the, the nasty, josie, grossies of this world, the users, losers, and abusers the ones who would not make people disruptively whole, but who would disturb the wholeness Hmm. in your heart. When you've been blessed to survive the bumps and bruises of life as we all endure and often don't even admit publicly, to heal, to come past it stronger, taller than your accusers or the beaten bully dog Bowsers, as I like to call them. Uh, And I'm a recovering beaten bully dog Bowser, by the way. We all are, I think. It's Mm. it's part of that recreation. Um, It's kind of like it lights this flame in you that you didn't know existed before. A door appears that you didn't realize was in the wall, and it opens and says, walk through. And you, you can do no other. You're so passionate about it because you see the need. You see what, what would have been different if somebody had stood in the gap for you at that mm. time and place. If somebody had held your hand, prayed with you, soundboarded, given solutions. It, it's, it's one thing to tell somebody, go in and fight the good fight. But it's a completely different thing to send in a kid. Uh, I'm, I am a 30-year-old woman and sometimes still a kid, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning. I'm... I have lambs sea legs. <laughs> I'm getting stronger by the day. Yes. But it's, it's one thing to send in a kid behind it and say, you will get through this. But when they get knocked upside the head and are bleeding on the floor, how many more times will they believe you and get back up again hmm. until you have slaughtered this innocent can do, would do good person, mm. would would spread the contagion of heaven and wholeness, mm-hmm. but they've not been given the tools to fight, not in a destructive way, but in a way that redefines what the word strong actually means for the person who believes in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect segue 
into something you're working on because you are wanting to develop some of these tools to help these people to be able to become carriers for this and um, and to teach people how to redefine strength and to, as you put, hashtag overcome it. And uh, you're working on an audio um, training that's coming out soon. And uh, that's just, I believe, the first step in kind of a master plan or at least so a, a plan that's growing um, in order to equip people to do this. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, it's, it started actually, it's, it's just amazing how it truly is like a flame or glitter, like the Christmas box or craft supplies that the four-year-old actually climbs up on the cabinet and pulls off on the floor and it goes all over the entire garage. And it's like mom worst will nightmare. never get rid of glitter. Yes. yes. Yes, you will find it in your hair, in the floorboard of your car, then in your classroom and in the child's backpack. Yes. The teacher will then find it on the pencil. You can't stop the spread. Yeah. And um, so if you're going to tell people they're going to hashtag overcome it and you create uh, what well, this, for instance, is a um, that's the first in a series, a free audio course um, for an overcome it training, um, we, we want to put tools in people's hands to change lives to be destruct disruptively whole to to heal and to leverage the losses in our lives and frankly to win mm. don't fight but if you fight win mm -hmm. here's how wow wow yeah and and you were gracious enough to let me listen to um a little part of of this training that's coming out and it was just so optimistically contagious um you know, just talking to you and, and listening to, to this training, it's, you know, it's contagious through, through the car stereo. Um, and you were telling so many stories, giving so many tips and, and practical tools to, to actually do this. It's, um, yes, it's motivational, but it's also practical, um, mm -hmm. which I really appreciated. And uh, there was one research you've told me before, and it was also in this, this uh, small section of, of the training that I listened to um, that fascinates me. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this study of water and water crystals? Sure. So Dr. Marsuro Emoto, I hope I'm saying his name correctly. It's, it's Asian, obviously. It's so beautiful, uh, just like his work on water and the study of water. Um, and he went to the Yokohama Municipal University in Japan. And his work is over a series of books that you can purchase on Amazon. But this one in particular, I love because it's like a picture book. You can mm. see it. And each picture is truly worth a thousand words because by beholding, we become changed. And that's exactly what his work reveals. Um, huh. You know, did you know that when we're born, we're about 90% water? Mm, yes. And when we get a little older, we're more like maybe 80 or 70%. And when we're nearer to death, we become closer to maybe 60-ish percent. That is something I did not know until I listened to your, uh, to your training. That's fascinating. It's, it's an interesting trend. The, the, the less water, the less health or vibrancy, mm. perhaps you could say, that we have in our lives, or, or at least perhaps it could lend to it. And Dr. Emoto, uh, somehow he got in this kick of water and freezing water to look at the crystalline structure of the molecule. Now, 
You'd have to put it near freezing in order to actually see the crystals form, just like the, the ice crystals on your windshield. When you wake out on a crisp fall morning, you can mm-hmm. actually see the crackling and the glimmering. And maybe not on a microscopic level, but blowing up, you can almost imagine what he might have been looking at. Mm. So he would take water from a million different places. He'd, he'd look at water from war-stricken areas where blood flowed in the street where there had been bombings and screams and cries for pain for women widowed and children who buried their fathers and the worst of the worst and places where entire villages would pray around the lake that the water would bring them health and vibrancy and wholeness Hmm. and add beauty to the lives of the people there. And he also he also had people speak over water. This is crazy stuff. It's it's it it, it scared me when I first started reading about it because I, I went, is this mysticism? Is this spiritualism? What is this? And I'm like, okay, this is my father's world. Da, 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 da. Okay, okay. So I had to sit it back on the shelf and I went back and I was looking at it some more and I was going, okay, are there any other sources to, to verify this? So you'll have to if you if this freaks you out, put it back on the shelf. It's all good. But it's a picture book. And so this guy also exposed water to to children's words saying wisdom in a myriad of different languages. Hmm. You fool! I hate that picture in the picture book because it looks like carved out cartilage. When you blow up the picture of you fool, it, it looks like something you definitely would not want to eat. It's revile. Um, But when you look at the word wisdom of all things in any language and you blow it up on the microscopic level where the water droplets have been uh, just barely at freezing temperatures, you see the most gorgeous of crystalline snowflake gem-like structures like the most ornate christmas tree ornaments you've ever seen they're they're stunning they are beauty they are strength they are elegance and it's it's amazing that as, as you, you expose the water to uh say the four seasons the, mm. a piece of music they change shapes and they're beautiful and you you expose them to elvis presley's heartbreak hotel and i kid you not the shape of the water crystal looks like it's been broken hmm by beholding, we truly seem to become changed. And it doesn't matter what language, although it does uniquely. Of course, we know that words have an effect on our psyche. Um, language has creative power. Words have creative power. Um, that prayer over water from people who, I dare say, may not share my particular brand of faith, mm-hmm. but in faith, hope, and love believed that their creator God had the power to facilitate change. Those waters were beautiful and whole by comparison to the blood-stricken streets of somewhere in Europe. Wow. That is just so fascinating that, that water, which, as you mentioned, we are made major, the majority of us is water, has or is affected by words, by music, by these things. And if we think about the words that we say to another human being, it just 
to me, it it's such a visual graphic demonstration of what happens to the other person when I speak. And I can't really talk to someone again without thinking about that and realizing the power of my words. Yeah. Well, and, and take it to another level now. Remember that we are made of water. The, the fluid that is most of my being and what happens when my thoughts hurt because somebody has been unkind or thoughtless or accidentally done something that didn't leave my needs having been met? Mm. Or what happens when I take what I want because I need this? Mm-hmm. Or I politically maneuver because I think it's best for the company, but my heart does not do it from a posture that I can truly say the God of love sits on mm. and enthrones. Mm-hmm. The, the damage that we do with our thoughts and our words and our intentions is, is more than new age mysticism, which I would dare say we need to look at it through the lens of scripture actually robs the children of faith of the gifts of heaven for the name of tradition and fear. And if you are afraid, I guarantee you, it changes the chemical and physical and water makeup in your being. Wow. Wow. The difference it can possibly make. So um, what are we going to do about it? How do you take something tangible? How do you, how do you learn to see yourself and see others mm-hmm. and transform um, there's a story that um, I like to share from when I was in grade school and um, I, I never fit in. <laughs> At least I didn't think I did. And even now discussing this, I'm going, am I making this true for my body saying this out loud? Oh, fudge. I'm going to have to find new ways to frame this. See, once you, <laughs> once you stop, once you get started, you'll never stop. Yes. Constantly. Yes. <laughs> but um, I was bullied quite a bit in school and I had purple glasses um, to help me be able to read better and um, was brutally made fun of for them. And um, one day my dad said, do you know how they make guard dogs? I'm like, huh? What? You know, I'm the child saying, please don't make me go to school. I don't want to go. I don't want it. Please don't make me go back. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm like, do you know how they make guard dogs? Oh my goodness. Really? Hmm. No. And um, I'm like, no. And um, while it was a very graphic metaphor, it stuck. And he said, they uh, dress up in a leather suit and put on long welder's gloves. Mm -hmm. And they beat the dog until Mm -hmm. it bites back. And um, as he helped my young grade school mind grasp that these dogs were people, metaphors Mm -hmm. for the children I went to school with, the um, politics I would observe in, I'm sad to say this, in in church circles sometimes, in for sure work circles, Mm -hmm. and anywhere else that would become my adult observation reality. I suddenly, as this child, had this epiphany and, oh, those poor people moment. Mm. My heart yearned and bled for these beaten, bruised, mangled dogs Hmm. these people who were hurting me so and as soon as i grasped that point he was very quick to hone in the next point which was that the 
abuse that the dog had sustained are not excuses for their behavior. Mm. And that as children of the God who defines what the word strong is, grossly misunderstood term, it is not our job to support them or to allow their mm. continued behavior. Mm-hmm. The third point, and the most important of them all, was that when you are the abused dog, when you have gone behind enemy lines, when you have brought the best bouquet of flower that your heart can offer another, when you have innocently been sidestepped, shot at, or persecuted, it takes the greatest strength not to bite back. Mm. A very different worldview of becoming uh, reactive in love and responsibility instead of reactive from fear and confusion and disoriented unmet needs and wants thinking a little higher if you will wow well thank you courtney we are over time um but i it's crazy i i can never believe it when we get to the end of it um but thank you so much for sharing and uh so, so what next? Where can people uh, get in touch with you? Where can they find more information about this training? Well, I'm really excited to share it. We've launched it as of this brand new year. Yes! Overcome It Training 2019. Here we are. Uh, you can find it at thespark.life. Um, it's called How to Redefine Strength. It's a three-part series. Um, and in it, we're excited to help you redefine what the word strength is for you, how to grow and flex your own muscles through a customizable skill set that only you and God can define for you, and then how to practice and unleash it to redefine the world around you. Thank you so much, Courtney, for your vulnerability and your willingness to let God use you to teach us and uh, to share your experience for us to learn from. And I just hope that as you were listening to this interview, this conversation that I had with Courtney, that that her spirit was contagious, um, because it really is. It's just, I, I, I come away thinking about that glitter that's all over the place. You can't get it out, but that's good because that's what God's love and mercy as he comes into you. That's what he does. And I'm so thankful that Courtney was able to share, and I hope that you were blessed by this interview. Looking forward, I am really excited for next week. We are going to continue our our journey through the life of Daniel. If you recall, we finished season one with the testimony of King Nebuchadnezzar, how God had worked in his life and had finally converted him. And uh, we're going to continue through the book chronologically, not necessarily numerically. And so we're going to be jumping to Daniel chapter seven. And uh, Dr. Henderson and I are going to have a conversation about that. So here is a short snippet from our conversation about Daniel seven. And then it's interesting because as you read the next couple verses, we see that there's almost a second dimension to this dream. 
Um, yeah. This is all happening here on, on Earth with the right. water and these beasts coming out. And all of a sudden we will see in a second that there's a window open in heaven as well. Right. And so he's kind of watching this huge panorama of, of Earth and heaven and things going on and all of this. You'll hear that entire conversation next week right here on Stories of Faith and Hope. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe on both iTunes, Google Play, whichever one you use. You can go to our website, faithandhoperadio.com. Find us on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio. Music was by Dexter Britton. And I am just so excited to welcome you again on this journey in season two of Stories of Faith and Hope. I will see you next week. And in the meantime, have faith and hope. Hope.